Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. 
Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, welcome to 101 Part-Time Jobs, the only podcast in the world where I speak to bands and musicians about what they've got up to between making records, what jobs they've had in the past and how they've been able to survive doing them. I'm excited to welcome Tim Atlas to this week's episode. His new EP, Quota, is out now. It's got some stellar artwork and an amazing sound. This is Water Beneath This Track. Tim tells us a little bit of background about that later on. Before we get to it, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone listening, following, getting in touch with me about this podcast. And there's just an endless amount of amazing artists, records and their stories. So cheers. I really love doing this. East London Signature Brew have been making beers with bands since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon, Idols, Mogwai, Sports Team, Hot Chip, just to name a handful. If you go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, and you live in the UK, you can get some of their beers delivered directly to your door. And if you use the voucher code 101podcast, all capitals, no spaces, at checkout, you can get 10% off your order. All right, here's Tim Atlas on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Go well. Cheers. Since playing, have you made friends, people who, you know, in, in your stomach, you feel are, are good friends who maybe you haven't met yet or, or you have that, that you've met online? Yeah, totally. There have That's been cool. a few where it's like, oh, we're finally hanging out in person and it's and it's not weird. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that I, I came out with a song with these guys in a band called Slender Bodies. Um, and yeah, we had never hung out. And one of them I actually haven't even met yet. But um, we had one of them do an acoustic set for my show in L.A. Um, about a month ago. And it was the first time we ever actually saw each other face to face. That's funny. <laughs> That's the insane, world we man. live in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I still have songs with people that I haven't met yet. <laughs> that is that is interesting uh, how does that relationship work because occasionally you'll see people screen grabbing stuff and you know the first exchanges or receipts or whatever people call them yeah it's a fascinating way I mean is it is it like a, is it an introduction is it like a comment saying this is sick how does it how how yeah. for you has that worked I mean it's it's different every time um yeah, sometimes like so we'll write some songs on on Zoom uh and sometimes it's weird <laughs> and it just doesn't work mm-hmm. and sometimes it, it works out. So, um it's it's a case by case thing, but um I think we've all like acclimated over the last um year or so to feel like this is a sort of like a, a normal thing. And that's work, right? Because when you love something, uh, you know, a lot of people listening to this and, and, and you have um, like a, a passion. And I'm so interested in that line of, of that passion between like really 
fucking enjoying something and then doing it to the extent where like you're doing a good job of it you know to, to, yeah. when you're doing those zooms is that like yeah this is this is part of my job this is a real part of my job yeah i mean it is um yeah i think it just it just depends on on how bad you want want something to work out and it's also like a muscle man you just have to like mm. uh, like keep working it out and, and and keep practicing in in that capacity um, and eventually, like you start to streamline um, a lot of those things. But um, yeah, I mean, even in-person sessions, you know, you can it, not every every session results in a in a smash. So, is that something hard to kind of reconcile with? Because obviously, you want every time to be good, but you can't bum yourself out, right? If it if it doesn't if it doesn't happen that day. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I think you have to go into it with an expectation. It's interesting actually because in it's it's different in different cities. Um, I was talking to one of my friends in Australia, and he said when you come when you go into a co-write session over there, um, the expectation is to is to have something that like you want to put out. Um, whereas in LA, it's more like, Hey man, yeah, come to the studio. And, you know, if we make something great, if not, like it was cool meeting you. (laughs) So when I was in LA, we were writing like every day, you know, and there's just no way that you can like pump out a hit every day. I mean, unless you're, you know, Max Martin or someone. (laughs) And did you Um, move to LA? Um, so I actually moved to New York, um, like last week actually yeah yeah i saw that um, amazing yeah but i lived in la for four years and, and and you moved to la to 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 pursue songwriting yeah where were you living before that and, and where was there a day where it was like okay yeah i'm actually gonna I'm yeah gonna go. do you remember that moment i think it was marinating in my head for a really long time and it was just a matter of packing my bags and doing it mm. um and would you, t- would you tell your friends about it? Would you tell your family about it when, when you say it's like marinating? Yeah. For like a year, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about moving to LA. I feel like this could maybe help my career. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was definitely like a long time coming. Um, same thing with New York, actually. I've always, it was just kind of like a bucket list destination for me. There wasn't like a, a definitive moment, but mm. um, it was one of those things where it happened and everything started to kind of fall into place. And was there like a place in LA, you know, you could stay cause it's, it's pretty sprawling, right? Yeah. Um, so I stayed with a friend of mine. Uh, I was just like sleeping on his floor for like a week, just looking for, um, apartments. And, um, and I found one, it was, it was kind of in a bad area, but <laughs> I had shelter within like mm. a couple of weeks. And and how I mean I know you just just moved to New York and that's way more exciting right now. Yeah. But you're going back to kicking it in LA and and like kind of finding your feet there and finding mm-hmm. you know your favorite coffee spots or finding places that you felt comfortable felt felt yourself. Right. You know what 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 was the story there? How quickly did you sort of acclimatize to that? So there, when you grow up in the I, I grew up in the Bay Area, um, and when you grow up there. Um, you kind of grow up hearing all the things there is to hate about LA just because there's, uh, there's that sports rivalry on there, the two, like, you know, big California, um, destinations. So Mm. I had to rid myself of a lot of those, uh, 
those ideas and um, start to find the the little pockets of LA that I really enjoyed. Because when you hear about LA, you think about how everyone's so vain and everyone goes there to be a star. And while those things are true, there are a, a lot of like really great people, um, a lot of cool art coming out of, uh, of out of that city. And mm. um, LA encapsulates like six different cities. So, and your your sound is it's a young summer's day sound mm-hmm. to me. You know, it's 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 a it's blue sky. Yeah, and I wonder in moving to New York, are you looking to get a different fucking colder, grayer yeah. <laughs> influence? A hundred percent. I can't say that I've ever lived in different types of weather <laughs> because yeah. over the last four or five years, I've been in LA where it's like anywhere from 70 to 90 degrees. And then, you know, in the Bay area, it's, uh, you know, it's not that much different. So, um, yeah, that's definitely become the norm for me. Coming to New York, I am looking forward to um, seeing how the weather kind of shapes my music. Because you're right. I mean, it, it, it has been like really sunny California vibes, you know? So, you know, we wouldn't have the Smiths without fucking Grey Manchester. Oh, yes. We wouldn't have so much, like, there's so many brilliant bands from the north of England. It really does dictate a lot of art, doesn't it? It totally does. You know, you think of bands like Orange Juice or Teenage Fan Club from Glasgow. I mean, that's bitter cold. Mm. That Oasis line, walking through the rain. Right. When, when the rain's getting through to you. You know what I mean? There, There is real imagery in that. And as a lyricist, are you thinking about that stuff every every day? Yeah. No, I definitely like jot things down. Um, and so I guess I'm constantly writing. Um I haven't experienced that so much in New York yet just because I've been like trying to build up my studio and but yeah I feel like uh the other day I was talking to my friend and I I took a cross country road trip from LA to New York for 7 days and I was like yeah man uh I got so desperate that I got sushi in Wyoming <laughs> and um he was like, wow, that's a pretty cool song title. <laughs> so there are always like a lot of a lot of those instances, you know, it's like, oh, yes, that that that's something we can build on. Is that kind of transition like moving somewhere completely new coast to coast? It's so obvious. Do you think in terms of writing your lyrics, you kind of have to give it a little bit of time to mull? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm 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 still acclimating and trying to figure yeah. it all out. So um, I'm not going to force anything. Like whatever whatever comes out comes out. Um, I mean, I could still make sunny pop tunes uh, in the dead of winter in New York. I don't know. So I'm I'm an open book though, and and I think at this point in my career, um, I just wanted to change things up uh, in my personal life and and see what happens. So maybe fuck yeah, maybe it'll uh, result in something cool. Your studio in New York, you're building it. I mean, kind of how much from scratch? What was there when you arrived? Um, so this is my first time having a home studio uh, in four years. Um, I always like traveled to my studio with intention to work. Um, and I was lucky enough to get a place um, here in Brooklyn uh, with a basement. So I've set it up in the basement. Um 
but so yeah no i mean like i've, I've bought a bunch of rugs and a, and a new desk and, and a couple new synths nice. and so it's super exciting uh my only concern is um like self-motivating uh just because i'm so close to you know the comfort of my own home i can just go mm. upstairs and, and play video games for a couple hours and then you know, the, the day has disappeared. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, uh, you know, figure out that self-discipline again. And Brooklyn's um, a funny place. I mean, there's going to be a show every night of the week, yeah. right? Yeah, I've already gone to a couple, actually. Venue shows or, or house shows? Um, venue shows where they're like, you know, two, three hundred cap. There are a shit ton of musicians in L.A., and, uh, you know, the the thing is, a lot of those musicians uh, from New York have moved to L.A. Um, so mm. that was a bit concerning. But uh, there is still like no shortage of, of creatives in this city. So it's pretty I feel like we're the generation of FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a slippery slope if you go there. Right, right. And then when it when your career is riding on it. Yeah, man, it was it. It kind of took a lot for me to um, to leave LA because I was just asking myself, um, have I gotten everything that I wanted out of this city? You know, yeah. And yeah. I don't think I can ever like get everything that I want out of that city just because the opportunities are always going to be there. Um, man, I yeah. get that when I leave parties or gigs. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like with those kinds of party spaces in Brooklyn, you know, there are those kinds of basement shows. And um, I mean, how plugged into it? How plugged into that stuff are you? Are you interested in that? I would love that. Um, but yeah, no, my my friend group is is pretty limited at this point. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm looking to build community out here. Um, I love that. Like everyone takes a subway and everyone bumps into each other, you know, so like. I just want to be part of that that organism and hopefully I get access to all those cool little parties. <laughs> I had a lot of like odd photography jobs, but um, I was basically in college um, just looking for a job. Um, and so I found a job at a mall in a photo studio um, and I decided that I liked it so I majored in uh, studio photography in in college um, and then I, yeah I got a job like pretty much right away um, and it was just like this weird job where I would just um, set up little party favors and like you know art direct like this little photo shoot I was my own assistant and um and yeah, I did that until it made me incredibly depressed. <laughs> so are you setting up like, say, if there's a kind of uh, a bit of a commercial type of party? Yeah. Would you like have a corner where you've got props and a backboard? Um, yeah, I actually did do a lot of that. Um, but that wasn't part of uh, the the job that I like, I had with the company. That was like more like my freelance stuff where I would pop in with a, like a backdrop and lighting and all that stuff i was in it man that's funny <laughs> to, to get into like kind of throw yourself into that it, it must have been a okay money you know for the time 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely like, I mean, especially coming right out of college, um, it was it was pretty rare for um, mm. an art student to <laughs> actually have a job that like pays relatively well. Um, but yeah, and as much as I loved photography, and I, I still practice it a little bit here and there, but um, yeah, I just didn't have time for music because it was it was a nine to five, um, like Monday through Friday type job. Um, so mm. I just, I didn't have any time for music and, and that's kind of what got me where I just like, um, started to hate it from <laughs> being frank. Were you writing quite a lot for yourself before then as a, as a sort of a late teenager? Yeah, I was. Um, and I was like in bands and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, once I got that job, it was just all that stuff paused. It's funny, isn't it, how you kind of can go, you can go from one extreme to the other in terms of lifestyles, like quite quickly by accident. Yeah, you know, I never thought of that. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, you just fall into money, it. Money being, money being the driving force. Right. It's like, oh, I can <laughs> Which pay my rent without right? like worrying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of that stuff, like worrying about rent, did you have many, many friends around that time who, who, who were doing similar things to you that, that you could kind of get real with and, and, and chat about that kind of re- realistic stuff? Yeah, totally. On, on that side of things, um, it was super easy to fall into because, um, you know, living in, in the Bay Area, it's like tech. Um, it's like a tech wonderland, you know? So everyone is doing mm. um, like a full-time uh, nine-to-five type situation. Um, and then I had like a couple friends spread out that were, that were doing, um, music full time, but everyone in the Bay area was just like working. Are you the kind of person to not to necessarily compare yourself, but to kind of be influenced by others? I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, you like fall into an ecosystem, you know, and then you're just kind of like going through the motions until you realize that you're a sheep because <laughs> we all want to feel normal yeah yeah you want to feel normal <laughs> hey man i want to feel normal <laughs> <laughs> that's not such a bad thing no it's not it's not at all <laughs> uh and you know what's funny is like when you start to do music full time that's when you start to go the extra mile to to feel normal <laughs> Like you start to pick up other hobbies because music starts to drive you a little crazy if you're doing it too much. Tim Atlas playing squash, <laughs> tennis. <laughs> I know, right? I'm a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what hobbies? What hobbies was it for you, or, or, or what other kind of outside music things? Um, just things that would like um, that occupy my mind. Um, so I was <laughs> I was getting into woodworking for a little bit. Um, but my most recent thing is rock climbing. Um, yeah, just because it, you know, when you're on a wall, you're not thinking about anything else. And sometimes you just need the pause, man. It sorts out your spine. Totally. There's a level of, um, etiquette there. You don't really need to chat to Mm -hmm. anyone else if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you give off that, I don't want to chat kind of vibe. Right. Which you can see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely have that vibe sometimes. <laughs> it's a social sport, 
Um, and it's funny because if you go alone, it's it's way less fun. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been alone. I, I think that the, the thought scares me. Right, right. Just pop your AirPods in and <laughs> because you have to rest in between um, like each of the routes, you know. So it's a lot of just sitting there wondering like what to do with your with your hands <laughs> i kind of enjoyed it but i didn't really love it i went because i wanted to hang out with my friends and yeah no one had any free time ever i have like a few friends that are that are willing to go but aren't like consumed or obsessed with it <laughs> so and you know with lyric writing working these different kinds of jobs mm-hmm. it's i can imagine it's it's almost impossible to tell at the time because you're living in that moment but looking back on on some of your some of your tracks some of your releases can you see how those kinds of outside things have, you know, changed you, you know, may ha, ha, you know, have evolved you and, and has ha, have evolved in, in your lyric writing, in your songwriting? I guess the first one that comes to mind is uh, the song I wrote called Water. It's on, on the most recent record. It's, it's about mental health um, at the at the root of it. Um, but it's also, you know, we, we hear all these things about um, you know, if you're struggling, call someone, um, especially mm. for like suicidal things, you know, just, just hit someone up, just call someone. But that's, that's such a difficult thing to do. Um, yeah. and so that's what that song is, is about. Just like, I think it's just an oversimplified thing and yeah, just something that I wanted to shed light on. I feel like so many artists have like a kind of turning point in the way that maybe someone said to them early on you know, made them feel, feel stupid or, or made them feel like they had something to prove. Has that, have you kind of got like fire um, in your gut from, from some of that shit? Yeah. I mean, just, it was kind of a driving force for me to be like, okay, if I'm going to quit this job, um, I need to work just as much as I would <laughs> if I like had a nine to five type job. The thing is like working 40 hours a week doing music is like, not the same thing <laughs> but um that was different. in the way that it's it's if it's like harder work or it's kind of just spread out um both it's definitely spread out you don't like clock in or clock out it's just kind of something that is always happening i guess that's like um everyone that's freelancing uh mm-hmm. they're never really clocked out um but it's also just like the mental energy um that it takes to um to write a song um, or to like stay in a session for six to eight hours um, because um, it's all like very focused work. You know what I mean? Um, As opposed to like, for me, it was like editing photos uh, where it was just kind of autopilot where I was thinking about something else. Um, So yeah, um, I, I stopped holding myself to that standard, but yeah, as soon as I quit my job, I like, pretty much worked myself to the bone just to justify I don't know if it was to justify it in my head or to justify it in my parents head but like um yeah I I think because I wanted it so bad I was I was willing to kind of work myself to the bone were your parents have have they not always been supportive of the music how how's that relationship worked over the years um so in college um I asked my mom I was like mom if I get this degree um, can I, can I actually go out and, and pursue music? And she was like, you get a degree, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And so I, I got the degree, but I got that job and she was like so stoked on it. And I don't know, I think any parent um, would be worried about <laughs> their kid pursuing music just because it's it's not a super traditional thing and, and, and the yeah. money isn't uh, like always guaranteed. Um, so dope smoking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was definitely a slow burn uh, with my parents. But, um, you know, after after all of that worry just comes acceptance. And your parents are always going to worry about you. But at the end of the day, like it is what it is. <laughs> where Where are they at with it? at the moment right now um it's a it's a very normal thing especially with the move as well because that's kind of that really signifies right right like a new step or, or yeah there are certain things that um like parents will be super stoked on and the things that like for example i, I signed a, a record deal um last year and that's just something that like if it happens uh surface level people that aren't in the music industry they're just like oh my god he's made it <laughs> yeah yeah it's a clean cut uh, yeah so there are moments like that where my mom is like you know super proud and 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 stoked that uh you know things are things are working out more or less so yeah and that must be such a nice feeling for you to oh my god totally. i suppose that that warrants the kind of freedom from from having to be concerned definitely definitely you you don't want to worry your parents but yeah you also want to pursue your dreams so <laughs> well tim thanks so much for for doing this it's, it's been sick to chat and the one thing i really think is that we're chatting to you at such an early time in your career mm. um or at least it seems that way yeah that's such a big thing isn't it about journalism and 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 fans is that it's it's always going to look probably most of the time a lot different to how it feels as as the artist I right mean, does it feel like you're just getting started have you got a lot of energy in the tank i mean where are you at with that how how do you think about that kind of stuff um there are there are a lot of things on my to-do list um and on, on my list of goals so definitely feels early um but that's the thing, like, you know, you get nominated for Best New Artist and you've been working on music for like 20 years, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm in a really good place creatively and I don't, I don't think I'm going to be stopping anytime soon. So do you think you've got the tools you need to, you know, I just need one more synthesizer and then I think I'm going to be. <laughs> good to go <laughs> uh, no man i mean i love my team um like they're all like good-hearted people that are um as passionate about this project as i am um mm -hmm. so that always feels good um especially in uh you know an artist's position where there's just like so much self-doubt uh circulating <laughs> so yeah um yeah, definitely like love love where I'm at right now and I'm I'm just stoked to to put out uh new music and and show a few more sides of myself. You should be. I'm I'm excited. It's it's cool that we can share that that your fans can share that. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is fun. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much, Tim. Cool. All right. So there he was, Tim Atlas on 101 part-time jobs.
His EP Quota is out now. You can go ahead and listen to that everywhere. Cheers for listening. See you next week. Here's Coxbarrow. I've been working all day for me mate on the side Running around like a blue arse fly I've been working, yeah I've been working all day for me mate Every bleeding minute I've been on the go This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast.